Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen, glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. It's great to have you here today. It's an honor to be here, a privilege to be here. Uh, I always thank God in my prayers to be allowed to participate in the ministry because it is a blessing to serve the Lord. And those that serve the Lord are truly blessed. I believe it. I've seen some great job opportunities and I've said to myself, there's no higher calling than serving God. And I believe it with all my heart and I thank him for allowing me to do it. And I thank you for listening today. And I hope and pray that you will be richly blessed by this message. We're in part three of a four-part series on walking in the spirit, or are we walking in the spirit of the flesh? Let me start today with our text verse, because that has not been getting enough attention in these last episodes. So we're going to start here with our text verse, which is Galatians 5, 16 through 26. This is Paul writing here. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. All right, so vainglory, provoking and envying each other. We shouldn't be desirous of those things. We see here at the beginning of Galatians 5, uh, 16 through 26, saying verse 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? It means to live as God has called us to live and to enrich the Holy Spirit instead of grieving the Holy Spirit. We understand that sin grieves the Holy Spirit. What's the inverse or opposite of that? Living holy, living for God, right? I'm speaking to the saved Christian today. The saved Christian is in a battle that they are fighting each and every day, and it has far-reaching consequences because this battle will, will, will determine whether you are fruitful for God or not, whether you are sinning against God or not, whether you are serving God or not, whether you are living in closeness to God or not, whether you are living in peace or not, and whether you are living as God intended you to live or not. You know, think about this. 
when we live as God calls us to live, is that not a testimony to our faith in him? We realize that God, um, that, that, that God will not deal with someone that has unbelief lightly, right? And we realize, and I think Hebrews eleven six tells us, it's impossible to please God without faith. That says it much better than what I was trying to paraphrase. It's impossible to please God without faith. We have to believe he is who he says he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. One of my favorite, favorite verses in the Bible. And so think about this. If you have faith in God, right? If you really believe he is God and he's all powerful, you would fear him and you'd want to live for him and you would do the things that he calls you to do, right? But if you don't have faith, then you could go ahead and call yourself a Christian, live like the world, live as the flesh, the things that your flesh desires, right? The things that your natural person desires, you would do those things, amen? And be content with them. You would have no problem living in sin because you don't really fear God because truly deep down you don't believe in him, right? Was that not the case with Adam and Eve? Uh, I heard this, uh, I believe it was uh, Les Feldick the other day in a Bible study. He said that Adam didn't have faith in God because God told him, don't, don't do this. And Adam still did it. Amen. He ate of the forbidden fruit. And I think that that's a perfect example. You know, the Bible tells us thou shall not go on, you know, steal, lie, covet, commit adultery. Even look at another with lust is, is, is committing adultery. Well, I've seen a lot of people look at someone else with lust clearly, right? Are, are, <laughs> do they not fear God? If they keep doing that, they're not going to the Lord and repent. I'm not saying be perfect here. I'm just saying, why is it hard to walk in the spirit? And what happens when we just live in the flesh? How do we not fulfill the lust of the flesh? We have to walk in the spirit. And Paul, in case we're curious, what is the lust of the flesh, gives us about 20 things. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lascivious, lasciviousness, idolatry. You say, oh, Brother Clark, no one's got an idol anymore. First of all, some some of these groups do. Amen. Go ahead and go into a Oriental Asian restaurant. My wife is Asian, and I, you know, if you know me, you know I love Asian food. But they'll have their little Buddha up there. They'll have a little shrine up there. They may have some incense or whatever else. Some of these actually have very large shrines. That's an idol, amen. If they're going to, to this thing thinking it's going to bring them goodwill and luck and all these things, and they want nothing to do with the God of the Hebrews, amen. They want nothing to do with the God of my King James Bible. They have an idol in their life. But but here, for a minute, you want to join the Lego club. You want to get a boat. You want to go to Arizona, whatever it is, and it is obsessing in your mind. It is always on your mind, I should say. You're obsessed with it. Is that not an idol? An idol is anything we put before God. And so we have to be careful that we're not creating idols in our life. I could go through each of these. I think in past messages, I've gone through some of them, if not all of them. But the point is the lust of the flesh is how we would naturally desire to live. And God's saying, take up your cross, be crucified with Christ, crucify those desires with Christ, right? And live in the spirit. And that's very, very difficult. I mean, I can think of many personal examples of not doing what God has uh, would have me to do at a certain time. I mean, working on a sermon prep last week, and I found myself doing other work, procrastinating, frankly, and then showing kids pictures. And I was thinking, man, it's like I'm working on this message about this, and I see it in my own life. Or an idea about dealing with a spiritual uh, or like the mental, spiritual aspect and the physical appetites. 
I mean, think about how we've all known, okay, salads are good for us. Fried food is bad for us. But how often are we going and running to the fast food restaurant and ordering a salad versus ordering something fried? We know what's good for us and we still can't help ourselves but do the other thing. And these are simple examples, but you get the idea. I mean, there are many people out there that have desired to do great things for God and they never could do it. And Paul is giving us a remedy here in Galatians uh, uh, 5 verse 16 He's saying, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know, the works or fruit of your walk uh, is what is, is, is what matters, amen? It's not just what you think. It's not your intentions. It's what you're, what you're actually doing. We're all walking one way or the other, backwards or forwards, amen? Which way are you walking, you know? Um, those that are living in sin are inheriting the payment of their works, and that is death. We know the wages of sin is death. God... There's a principle in the Bible that's all throughout the Bible. Anywhere you look from the New Testament to the Old Testament, here we have a New Testament verse. Um, Last night I was preaching out of the Psalms, I think it was Psalm 54, and there it's speaking of the same principle, and that's the idea that God repays. Okay, so, and and this is really going towards um, an adult, they know what they're doing, right? Okay, You're, you're not like... Uh, like a little child, okay, and you like steal something from a store and God's like, okay, you're going to forever be cursed. It's not like that. You're an adult. You make a decision. You you know what you're doing. God's going to repay you for that. And so if you're living in sin, right, the Bible would call this vain living or vanity. And what that means is improper use, the idea that we are not living as God intended. And if we are living like that, then we are going to face the repayment for that. And so the wickedness that we are sowing in our day-to-day lives, even if it doesn't look like it's hurting anyone individually, it's still hurting you. You say, well, Brother Clark, if I want to go home to my cabin and I want to get a bottle of liquor and get drunk every night, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not driving and so on. Well, you're hurting you and you're also hurting God. And if you're a saved Christian, you're not living as God's called you to live because Christ died on the cross to forgive you of that sin. And why are you going to go turn back and do that sin again and again and again. And if your mind was on Christ, you'd be much less likely to engage in that sin. And I'm not making light of addiction. I know many people that have struggled with addiction, uh, some dying from addiction and others escaping it by God's grace and mercy and his power. And so I'm not making light of it. What I'm saying is, as we live in this uh, flesh, we have to be careful that we're not living uh, vanity. We're not improper use. We are walking in the spirit. And when we walk in the spirit, we have the fruits of the Spirit, and that is what God intends for us. In our latter part of our text verse, uh, we see the fruits of the Spirit, verse 22, there of Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, or moderation. Against such there is no law. And I, I use the word moderation. I don't want you to think that was in my King James. It said temperance, and temperance, as I understand it, means moderation. But the point is, when we live uh, in the Spirit, capital S Spirit, the third part of the Holy Trinity, when we are living to enrich the Holy Spirit, we are walking in the Spirit, then we are no longer uh, going to be dealing with uh, the works of the flesh, all of all of these evil things that are coming from the flesh. We're not going to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And the reason why, as Paul describes, is that you have the lust of the flesh, 
and you have uh, the will of the Spirit, if you would, and those two things are at war with each other. And if we are constantly feeding the Spirit, enriching the Spirit, constantly staying focused on the ways and the things of the Spirit, being of a sober mind and being vigilant, amen, and turning to God in prayer constantly. An effective prayer life involves a lot of Bible reading because you're reading His Word or you're studying His Word and you're praying to Him. And you don't love to read, then you're listening to His Word somehow online or wherever, getting a CD or cassette, whatever you might need, but you're staying focused on his word. You're staying focused on his promises and who he is. You are living for him. You are walking in the spirit. And because you're walking in the spirit, you will know you'll be so sensitive to sin that you will know when it starts to creep in and you will rebuke it and you will get away from it. You will completely get away from it. It's uh, right here, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There, is no, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. And so we see in the Bible, clearly part of God's program is not to get you to the point where you can't turn around. It's giving you a way to get out by walking in the spirit and knowing, because it's not that you won't be tempted. Jesus Christ himself was tempted of the devil. And get this, you really want to get deep? He was led by the spirit, capital S, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So that's a whole nother level there. The Holy Spirit saying, come on, bring it on, Satan, and brought him out into the desert. Say, go ahead and tempt him, because Jesus Christ then is our basis. Because what did Jesus do all three times he was tempted in the wilderness? He quoted scripture. You see, he was walking in the spirit. He was part of the Holy Trinity. He is God in the flesh. Amen. He is alive today and he's well today. And he's our example of how to walk in the spirit. But he was vigilant. He wasn't light handed about it. He wasn't joking around. He wasn't loosey goosey. He wasn't one foot in, one foot out. And if that is Jesus Christ himself being that sober and vigilant, how much more so do we need to walk in the spirit and be vigilant and be saturated in the ways and things of God to keep our mind stayed on him and, and we will have perfect peace. I thank you for listening today. Tune in next time for the fourth part of this four-part series on walking in the spirit as we wrap up why it's so important to walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the f- flesh. I thank you again. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119, verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.